0: Welcome to Walking with God, Pat Berry and Jeff Quinto's podcast where Pat and Jeff talk about their walk with Christ. My name is Jeff Quinto.
1: And my name is Pat Berry. Every few weeks, Jeff and I get together and we talk about our walk with Jesus Christ. So Jeff, what are we talking about this week?
0: Well, this week we are continuing the podcast that we had a few weeks ago on the I am statement. And the I am statement we talked about last time was I am in the Old Testament, which was Moses asked God for his name, and God said, I am who I am. Does that make sense to you? No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> so we we start we start with that. We start with that, at least honestly and authentically. It's a hard one to get our arms around, but it is important. And it's important. The God Self-description: I am who I am. Really, is saying that God is the uncaused cause, the cause of everything, the original cause.
1: See, that's why you're in this with me, because you make things like this more
0: understandable. Thank you. Well, I'm I'm happy to do that, but it took quite a little bit off for, on my part to understand that. I had to go to seminary for four years to get the idea of that.
1: and well, seeing you just passed along to me, who's <laughs> never been in seminary. So again,
0: thank you very much. <laughs> you're very welcome. Because I remember the professor, actually, uh, uh, Gary Hansen, who said that God was the uncaused cause. And that just clicked with me that when God is saying, I am who I am, he's saying that he is everything. He is the, the beginning, the middle and the end. He is the he is all of things. I am who I am, the uncaused cause.
1: That's a great way to look at it. And it actually, when you look at it that way, it makes much more sense.
0: Yeah. And and so all of these things, I think, in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we understand them to the extent that we can. And there's so much that I don't fully understand, but it doesn't mean it isn't understandable. It just means I don't understand it. And so there we have that. So last time we talked about the I am statement in the Old Testament. Today, we're going to talk about the I am statements in the book of John. Uh-huh. And yeah, John, of course, is a theological gospel. So it's different than the Synoptic Gospels. It's different than Matthew, Mark and Luke. It's a different kind of a thing. So explain that. Yeah, that's a good question. So the synoptic gospel is a gospel, in the case of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, a synoptic has to do with seeing. So these are they're reporting what they're seeing. In the case of John, it's a little different. It, it does do reporting of what John saw, but it's more of a theological, spiritual gospel that it talks about. And Jesus said things that are remarkable, including, actually, in this, throughout the book of John, from the 6th chapter to the 15th, There are seven I am statements. Now, let's talk about this because Jesus says in the first one in John 635, he says, I am the bread of life. And we think, okay, well, let's explain what the bread of life is. But let's start at a different place. The fact that he said, I am, would have been outrageous to the original hearers. Because when you say, I am, you're saying the name of God. He's saying, I am God, actually. He's saying that now. That would have been blasphemous in the Hebrews if if you weren't the son of God and you said that, that would be blasphemous. I think that there's probably even a penalty for uh, doing that. A penalty is death, uh, death by stoning, I believe. And so he's saying that I am. It's saying that he is God, and so it mirrors back to this these Old Testament name of God, I am. So Jesus is saying this, and he starts off with that. He does it obviously purposefully. He is showing people that he is in fact the son of God. He is a he is the divinity. And so I am. And so let's talk about the different I am statements. Now that we sort of have got, we, we understand that these were, would have been seen to be remarkable statements, outrageous statements. And if untrue would be subject to stoning, death by stoning. So in any event, Jesus is saying this purposefully. So let's talk about this. So the first one is in John 635. He says, I am the bread of life. What do we think that means? Well, he's bread. So what is bread to us? Bread
1: to me, mm-hmm. would be sustenance. It's food. It's keeping us as human beings alive.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's good. He's sustenance for us. I'm the bread of life. He's everything that we need. There we go. He's everything that we need. So that's the first one. Now the second one, I am the light of the world. What do you suppose that means?
1: This one, I, well, I like all the I am statements, but there's a couple that I, I like. The light of the world, right? That's, that's quite the visual. So he is... Uh, he is our guide. He, he, he illuminates things. He um, he shows us the way. He's the light of the world. He is, he is everything. He is everything. He is the light. He is, he is everything. He shows us the direction we need to
0: go. That's exactly right, I think. He, he guides us. So he's the light of the world. He illuminates the world. The world is in darkness. Now, is, is anybody confused about our world being dark today? Do you think it is dark? Oh,
1: yes. I, I think it's, it's, it's very dark. Yeah, I read something, or maybe you and I were talking about this, where um, it's just darkness is is just uh, a lack of light, right? Mm-hmm. It's a lack of light, mm-hmm. uh, and th- the more natural way of being is illumination, correct? Which goes back to this. To me, it makes a lot more sense. You shine. What happens when you when you shine a light on on things? It gets illuminated. People can actually see what's going on so a a great way to uh, kind of envision what what Jesus is to the world or
0: could be to the world today absolutely and I think this light of the world I I I love this as well because it, it indicates that he guides us but it indicates as you just said that he illuminates everything and we live in this dark world I gotta tell you that that today's news, and I won't enumerate the different terrible things on the news today, but it's we, we, can all, we all know it's one thing after another, one terrible dark thing after another. And we try to make excuses for it, like, you know, well, there's misguided people or whatever. And I think actually what we see is evil in the world. And so how do you combat that? You combat that with light. You combat nar- darkness with light. Darkness cannot overcome light. Light overcomes darkness. Yes that's the image that we have here i am the light of the world and i'm glad that he is let's we want i am the door in john 10, 9, he says i am
1: the door this is interesting to me it kind of goes back to okay so he's he's our sustenance he is the light of the world but he is the door so you, we enter we enter through him right mm. we enter through him but we have to open the door yeah we have to open he'll he is the door for us but we have to open we have to enter through it's not like he's going to force us through the door we have to choose to enter through that door but as we're entering through that door it's the entryway into eternal life
0: oh yeah that's important isn't it because it we have to accept the gift we're given the free gift of salvation yes but what do we have to do we have to accept it and You know, we live in a world where we're our own gods, right? Absolutely. I'm I'm telling you, I can do all kinds of stuff. I'm my own man. I'm, I'm pulling myself up by my bootstraps. I'm my own guy. And with modern technology and in the world
1: that we live in, especially here in the United States, if we look around, most people can have a pretty comfortable life and not have to rely
0: on God to do it. Yeah, they think that. They think that because the things that that bothered people in the past, their personal safety, their health, and so forth, seem to be handled by the culture in which we live, by the civilization in which we live, the advanced civilization in which we live. But there's something missing, isn't there?
1: Oh, absolutely. And and if left to our own devices, things go wrong all the time. Even yeah. even in
0: the societies
1: where we're thinking, oh, this is this is like the perfect society. We have, you know, we have everything we need. Well. It's it really is, uh, it really is kind of a facade when you when you look behind it and how quickly these things can disappear.
0: Yeah, and I think they're in the process of disappearing right now. Actually, <laughs> I believe you are correct. <laughs> so I remember stories of, and I can't remember the names of all the people at the at the turn of the twentieth century. Would have been a hundred and twenty years ago. Uh, the turn of the twentieth century. All these people said, well. Humanity had expanded so much and had become so scientifically advanced that there couldn't be wars. We were much too smart for wars. Right. And I can't remember, but can you tell me what century there were more people killed than any other century in the history of humanity? The 20th century. Ooh, ooh. And we're working on it now in the 21st century. We're working on even more. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so it's an interesting thing. We think we're so smart. The thing that we lack is humility. We, we, we completely utterly lack humility. We, we think that we know everything. There isn't anything more to know and anything that can be known we're, we either know or soon shall know. And the reality of it is that that isn't satisfying. It gets us so far but not far enough. and I am the door. The door, and this is how we enter home, the kingdom of God, through the door. The, the narrow gate actually, not the wide gate, but the narrow gate we come we come to God and he says and Jesus says, I am the door. The door to eternal life, the door to the kingdom of God. Let's talk about John 10, 11. I'm the good shepherd. That's a nice image, isn't it?
1: It is. I always liked this image and it's it's true. It's interesting because when you have sheep, I do know this from uh-huh. from uh, biblical times that sheep will only follow the voice of their shepherd. They know their shepherd's voice. Uh, I don't know what experience you've had. I'm sure that if if you've shared your faith with some people, um, some people immediately gravitate towards it or if you if you talk to fellow Christians, they understand. And then there's others that you talk to who look at you like deer in the headlights. They have no idea what you're talking about. They have n- no idea like they they've never they've never heard this uh his his sheep know his voice it's like there's something in there's something in in people who get to know Jesus as their savior where they they just they know they know he is reaching out talking to them they under they start this understanding of the Bible it's what we talked about before you understand the scripture and I think you start understanding when you know when you come to the point where you're saying goes back to humility I don't know anything. Mm-hmm. That's the point that God can really work with you when you get to that point. I think you open up your heart to his word, you open up and you open up yourself to his voice. That's kind of a long-winded way of yeah. saying my, my my sheep know my voice, but that's sort of that's the way I look at it.
0: Yeah, let's talk about humility for a minute because I think there's an interesting Uh, example of that. Most recently, I saw it this week, actually, where we had someone speaking at uh, church, at uh, a men's group, who was so thoroughly um, knowledgeable in the topic that which he was talking about, and he was so humble about it, and people asked him questions that were, he probably thought were silly, but they were said seriously to him, and he just answered them nicely and calmly. You know, there's a statistic that says that people are more agitated and adamant when they know very little about something when they know quite a lot about something they become humbler and calmer about it and i think it's true i have a saying that uh, uh, that it's actually true for me I, I don't can't speak for anyone else but th- the more adamantly i am excited about a given thing the more likely i am to be wrong <laughs> <laughs> now think huh. about it. It really—I find myself when I'm when I'm arguing something and I'm just like irrationally adamant about some position. I'm most often wrong, and I don't know how that works. Well, uh, it goes back to humility or
1: lack thereof. I remember there was a local talk show host who used to say people argue for victory rather than arguing for truth, and, and I, mm-hmm. I really think that that is correct because you don't let facts get in the way of winning an argument.
0: Yeah, you want to win, is right? Win, you want to win. Of course, you right. do. I mean, that's, that's uh, goes without saying. Yeah, that's the way. That's the way is, is that the right way? And does that hit us anywhere good? I think this humility is so important. And uh, like I say, in my own life, I know that when I'm I'm not humble and I'm and I'm adamant about some crazy thing, I actually stop myself sometimes and go, Jeff, what in the world are you doing?
1: <laughs> that's never happened to me.
0: <laughs> and I can also tell there's there's a uh, there's a point at which my wife gives me a look. That tells me that I'm on the wrong track, and that it's I'm horribly off track. And um, uh, sometimes I, I sometimes I heed that, and sometimes I I, I carry on. Uh, I know what I should do. So that's the good shepherd. Let's go on to the I am the resurrection and the life, and the resurrection and the life. So the resurrection and the life. He is the resurrection. That's the, one of the things uh, to me. And our faith is indisputable. Jesus is the resurrection and the life, and so. What does that mean to us? Why is that important? Well, he
1: overcame death. This is to to me. This is like the crux of of Christianity because if he didn't, um, if, if if he wasn't resurrected, if he didn't mm-hmm. beat death, if he, then then this Christianity really doesn't mean anything. He he took on our sins and he he conquered death, and he showed the way. All these working together, but this is. The resurrection and the life. He is the way. He's saying he is the way, and I can just imagine Pharisees and Sadducees when he's he, when he's talking about this. Mm-hmm. He is the way, and he is saying. I can see it at that point. He is saying he is the Almighty. So I imagine uh he would upset people, and you know what? It still upsets people today, and I understand where it's, it can it can be difficult uh, to believe for some. Uh, and that's, that's okay. But he is, he is the way this is kind of the crux of our faith. Because as I said, if it didn't happen, our faith kind of falls apart.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I know that it happened. I know that it happened for a variety of reasons. I know that it happened intellectually. I know that it happened emotionally. I'm basing my life on it, actually. So there we have the resurrection of the life Jesus overcame death. And how about this one? This one's actually my all-time favorite. I am the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 16. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Now, of course, original Christians were called people of the way. Mm -hmm. They were the way of Jesus, so they were called the people of the way. So Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And then he has this inconvenient part of it that people don't much like to hear, but it's part of this, this same verse no one comes to the father except through me Uh oh so this universalism where everybody's going to the same place it doesn't matter how you act because everybody's going to end up in the same place this grace thing is so complete that no matter who you are no matter whether you repent or change or do anything you're going to end up in the same good place and that tells me that that isn't true we're not all going to end up in the same place i i don't know how it exactly works but I do know that Jesus is the way, the truth and the life, and no one is going to come to the Father except through him.
1: Well, and it also speaks to the importance of the Great Commission and mm-hmm. what our job is, is to go out and, and tell people about our faith. Penn Teller, who's a famous atheist, talks about people who proselytize and how he doesn't agree with them, but he has respect for them. And I thought his um, his take on it was pretty interesting. Because he said, if you really believe this, and I think this is what it gets down to. Do we really believe this? Do we really believe it? Because if you do and you don't tell someone about it, in his words, how much do you have to hate someone if you really believe this, but don't tell them? And it's I know it it's it's not the most comfortable thing to do sometimes. And it's it can be difficult to do because you say, Oh, well, you know, is this person gonna is this person gonna not like me? You know what? It's it's okay. You just get past it it's at, at some point and just tell him and you don't have to beat him over the head you can just you can just offer to have a conversation here's what i believe and here's why i believe it yeah uh, and and uh it is the way because like you said it, he is the way the truth and the life no one gets to the father but through me which tells me the way to get to eternal life is through jesus christ and there is no other way
0: yeah it's it's just the truth of it isn't there and it it just is and you know also, you you mentioned this, uh, the Great Commission, uh, go therefore and make disciples of all peoples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I have commanded you, and behold, I'm with you to the end of the age. This idea that we're supposed to go out and spread this good news, it doesn't mean that you have to wrestle somebody to the floor and demand that they accept Jesus. It just means that you have to give them a tap on the shoulder. You just have to show them by your actions. You know, there's a famous phrase, I think it was... Uh, um, Uh, perhaps St. Francis, I'm not sure who has said that, you know, uh, preach at at all times, sometimes using words. And the reality of that is, we're meant to model this Christianity. Now, it's hard to do. You know, we joke about how we are when we're driving and uh, we're mad at the person who cuts us off and all this stuff, but we're actually meant to model this in everything that we do. And if we do that, we'll have effects on people. We'll have a good effect on people. The world will be just a little bit better place. Now, it doesn't mean that everything's going to turn into, you know, beautiful and roses and, you know, etc. cetera. But what it means is it's going to be just a little bit better. And I think that's what we need to endeavor to do, to, to walk in this way, this truth in this life, in such a way that we reflect Jesus. And people can say, you know what? I'd like to have what they have. And I know in my own faith journey, It took a long time for me to get it and i rejected it for a long time rejected it in in the full way i was always a a cultural christian that is every i'm a christian all my family's been christians all my friends are you know on and on but the reality of it is that when you really embrace it when you change your life based on this this faith things change and and it's a it's a beautiful thing, but it takes time. So know that for other people. Just give them a little taste of what it's like to be a Christ follower it, by your actions. And then whatever happens, it's in God's control. God, the Holy Spirit's going to take care of it one way or another, and it may take time. Who knows? But it isn't our job to, like I say, to wrestle people to the ground. And we have this last one now. I am the true vine, John 15, 1. We are the branches and he is the
1: vine. What, what do you suppose that's getting at? Well, we are abiding in him. We are part of him. We are, uh, we are, we're a part. We, we're, he's a part of us. We are a part of him. It talks about, um, you know, pruning the vine, which is cutting back. There's a couple of different ways to, to look at it um, is, you know, harsh way would be, well, non-believers get pruned off. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways of, you know, it's, it, you are pruned to produce fruit because okay. what happens when you prune a tree? You prune it back so it produces more fruit. And like like you uh, have said, it takes time. It's a, it's a whole, it's a lifetime journey. and you learn as you go. Um, and you you always keep learning. And sometimes you you you're different than you were a couple of years ago. Sometimes you go through some painful processes of pruning uh-huh. to get you to, but it's always to to get you to, be more fruitful and and live for the kingdom and as you also said it's not our job to to you know make sure somebody somebody comes to Jesus that day there's there's reapers there are sowers i think you and i have talked about this before our job is to plant the seeds right mm-hmm. and if it, wherever that goes it's up to the holy spirit and really that takes a lot of pressure off if you're thinking oh i have to make sure this this person is saved today that's not your job. That's got, You just tell them. That's all we have to do. Just tell them about it and let the Holy Spirit take over.
0: Yeah, and the telling about it could be in our actions. It could be in our words. It could be a combination of both. But it's it's based on a life devoted to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's really what this is. This is all about. You know, Pat and I started this project, this podcast project, with a quote from C.S. Lewis, which was: "Christianity, if false, is of no importance, and if true, is of infinite importance." The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. And we've made the decision, the lifetime decision, that Christianity is in fact true, and therefore it is infinitely important. We will not be spectators to Christianity. We will be participants. I pray that you will be as well. So as we conclude this podcast, join me in prayer. Lord, we thank you for sharing with us who you are and how you relate to us. And how we can relate to you. And we know that you are the bread of light, the light of the world. You're the door, the good shepherd, the resurrection of the life, the way, the truth, and the life. And you are the true vine, Lord. You are all of those things, all of those things worthy of great praise and worthy of basing our life on you. In Jesus' holy and mighty name, amen. Amen.